0: We're gonna talk about murder, murder. <laughs> yep we're gonna talk about murder tonight but before we do that I know I'm late to the party I'm late to the party with all of these but I just found small-town murder and I think they're fantastic I absolutely have laughed my ass off several times over the last few after that over the last week or so
1: Definitely a good podcast to check out. They're
0: better at this than we are. That's for sure. So far. We're going to get there though. We're definitely going to get there, but they do a different thing than we do.
1: We're coming for you guys,
0: (laughs) but in a nice way, in a nice, like we will support you and we'll be podcast buddies sort of way.
1: We'll high five you as we pass you.
0: (laughs) Probably not because.
1: No, I think they're, they're going to win. We can just do like, we can like run up to them and high five them and then go back to our place. Go back to
0: our place. They're like, thank you. Uh they're lovely guys. Uh, it seems like they're f- having a good time doing it, and
1: uh, you should you guys should go check it out. It's, I mean, it's listen it's to definitely... a, listen to
0: the whole of our podcast, and then go check theirs out and get addicted. And they tell do, they do one every week. We do one every month. So
1: and and tell them where you came from.
0: Yeah, tell them. Oh yeah, go ahead because they're lovely, and I think that they would appreciate us sending you over. And uh, I don't think they're gonna t- talk about us, but it would be nice just for you guys to be like, hey, this podcast likes you too. So anyway. Uh, Tonight,
1: so what are we talking about tonight?
0: Tonight we're going to Scotland, Adrian. Okay, all the way to Edinburgh, Scotland.
1: Oh my! This is our first uh, uh, international (laughs) uh, murder that we're talking about. Okay,
0: and it's not, Adrian, honey. Yes, this is a probably the hardest I've worked since doing since starting this podcast. Okay, this has been. An up and down situation for me because I picked this case two months ago. Okay. Thinking, granted, we're, and we're late because this is I'm a terrible at deadlines. Don't tell my editors. Oh.
1: I am your editor.
0: <laughs> You're fired. No. Um. And I, I'm. A,
1: I'm a good editor. This is still probably going to come out
0: on time. I ordered a book because since it's a murder that happened in Scotland. There's not a whole lot of information in the. US about this murder because we don't know. we don't care.
1: There hasn't been any investigation discovery shows about it.
0: No, there hasn't Adrian. <laughs> there hasn't been any investigation discovery shows about this. However, I found a documentary, an English documentary about it and it and the reason I chose it was because I could not believe the foresight of the police department.
1: Interesting. So this
0: was initially going to be a, and it still is going to be, I'm going to praise the police in Edinburgh quite a bit in this podcast. However, it is what I originally thought was going to be this like police positive, they are really great, awesome, awesome, awesome stuff has turned into a twisty, turny, ridiculous amount of crazy shit that I cannot believe that I, I stumbled upon.
1: Well, color me intrigued.
0: Exactly. So the, what the press dubbed these this case, the press and really, like, it's kind of a natural thing because it the place of whatever, we'll get into it. It's a natural way. It's not surprising. It's not even that terrible what they've called these. They call them the, wor- the world's end murders.
1: Simon Pegg did it.
0: I knew we were going to get immediately into this, so I...
1: Nick Frost did it. Bilbo Bill Baggins did it.
0: So we're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to get this out of our systems because this is much more serious than that excellent movie, which by the way, I'm a super huge Simon Pegg and Nick Frost fan. And that movie is pretty great. It's That's not the, an
1: understatement.
0: It's not the best of the Cornetto trilogy, but it's definitely a good movie. And it's definitely one of those where it's like, ooh, I really want to watch it. And right now I really want to watch it. And we'll probably watch it after this, we're done recording this podcast because I am 100% in love with Sh- Simon Pegg. Yes.
1: I I can vouch for that, 100%.
0: (laughs) So, first of all, we're going to talk about what The World's End is. World's End is a pub. Okay. It's in Edinburgh. Okay. And
1: We're already deviating from the movie.
0: Because it's not in Edinburgh in the movie? No. Okay, you're correct.
1: Yay, do I win a prize?
0: However, in the movie, they go in the Golden Mile. Yep. In reality, The World's End is a... And in the movie... The world's end is at the end of the Golden Mile. Right. Okay. Right. In reality.
1: Just, just an FYI to everyone out there, this is not the movie was not based on. This.
0: No, not even kind of. No, 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 no.
1: We're just making jokes because they called the murders the same as the movie ish.
0: There is a pub, there's a pub in Scotland called the World's End, and it relates to this case, but it is not
1: that's where the similarity ends.
0: That's where the similarity ends and okay. also the golden mile versus the royal mile.
1: Okay. Ooh, fancy.
0: Yes. Um but according to Wikipedia, yes, I definitely looked up Wikipedia. Oh, first of all, I'm going to give you this. First of all, the book tonight that we're basing our our research on is called The World's End Murders: The Final Verdict and it's by Tom Wood, who was actually like I'm pretty sure he ran the fucking police department in Scotland when this murder was solved. But he had been part of the police in Scotland since the murder began. So he had been around. So, And Tom Wood was retired by the time... They prosecuted, but he had—he was very, very, obviously he was interested in this case. He actually published a book in 2007, because there were two trials in this case. So he published a book in 2007 after the first trial, and then published a book in 2014 after the second trial.
1: Okay, I'm definitely interested in this, because if there was two trials, what happened with the first one?
0: Exactly. I so guess we'll find out. We're going to find out. But first of all, we're going to cover this hilariousness that is not any, any at all, Nothing having to do with the Simon Pegg movie. Simon Pegg movie, Golden Mile, World's End's at the end. In reality, World's End is on the, ro- on the Royal Mile. It's halfway between the castle and the palace. Fancy. But the name of the palace is even better than that. The name of the palace is the Holy Rood House.
1: The Holy Rood House. Yep. Okay.
0: H-O-L-Y-R-O-O-D House. Okay. I feel like I'm saying this wrong. I feel like if we have fans out there, they're going to tell us that we're saying this wrong. Of
1: course, because you're not using a Scottish accent.
0: But anyway, it's so. This is the cool thing about this pub. The pub's name was passed down from the Middle Ages. In the aftermath of the Battle of Flodden in 1513, I love it when there's these towns are old. When Edinburgh was fortified, was a fortified town, and its walls ran close to the spot to go out of the gate. What
1: is the spot? The world's end. Oh, okay. Gotcha.
0: To go out of the gates was to leave civilization in the safety of the town. Okay. It was literally the world's end. Gotcha. Okay? Okay. So
1: So it's the end of civilization. If as-
0: you were around in 1513 and you left the gates of okay the castle of Edinburgh.
1: All right. Clever. Clever.
0: Okay. Um, the Royal Mile itself is the name given to a secession of streets forming the main thoroughfare of Old Town in the city of Edinburgh in Scotland. In case anybody doesn't know that's where Edinburgh is, it's in Scotland. The term was first described... I'm sorry, I'm reading from Wikipedia, so, you know, it's somebody who was trying to be fancier than they should have been. The the word... The term was first used descriptively in W.M. Gilbert's Edinburgh in the 19th century, with its castle and palace and the royal mile between. Okay. But there's a but here's the thing about about the Royal Mile is that it is full of bars. Nice. And it definitely seems like it should be a place where you would do a pub crawl. Yeah. That's so, just
1: that's just begging for a pub crawl.
0: Oh, absolutely. So let's talk about um the crime. Okay. The crime that Yes, the let's get to instigating it. crime in this case. Okay. Happened on October fifteenth, nineteen seventy seven. And in his book, the world's end murders. The final verdict. Tom Woods is very particular to note that people remember this date because because it was the day after Ben Crosby died.
1: Interesting.
0: And to me, I feel like nobody gave that much of a shit. Right I've, when Ben Crosby Crosby died.
1: Yeah, it's it it's like one of those like well, it just happens. Like he to be, remembers. Yeah, but that nobody that's that. But it wasn't like a, an inciting incident or anything.
0: Because I feel like. If I asked my parents when Bing Crosby died, they wouldn't be like, well, October 14th, 1977. Well,
1: let me tell you what happened on that day and also the day afterwards.
0: So this is what happened on October 15th, 1977. Christine Eady and Helen Scott, both 17, went out for a night with their friends. Okay. Uh, Helen had met her friend Jackie. Jackie's last name is Inglis. At a store called Jenner's Corner. Apparently this is like a department store or something. Okay. I don't it was but it, what I know about this from what the book said is that it was a very popular place to begin your night if you were going out in Edinburgh. And it started it was essentially on the Royal Mile. Gotcha. And they went so they went from Jenner's Corner and then they went to the Mount Royal Motel Ro, Mount Royal Hotel before meeting Christine Eady, and her and another friend, Tony Kivlin, Tony with an I, so it's a girl, at the Wee Windays, or Windows, it's W-I-N-D-A-E-S. Yeah, Windus. Windus Pub, where the girls had a bit of a crawl of their own mm. before landing at the World's End. Okay. So they went, and they went yeah. to all these pubs on the Royal Mile, and then they ended like up- like you do and they went to the world and then they ended up at the world's end so apparently christine and helen uh, from what i can tell they had a it didn't sound like they got on that well so apparently the two got in a tiff um earlier in the night because christine was annoyed with helen for because helen was being too cheerful
1: what a bitch
0: <laughs> i don't know and then later helen suffered a nosebleed but it's it's clearly not Like, Christine didn't punch her or anything like that. She just suffered a nosebleed.
1: It was obviously cocaine.
0: Maybe it was cocaine. Because they were in the bathroom when she got the nosebleed. Her and Tony were. So, um, but anyway.
1: Knowing nod.
0: (laughs) So, but once... But it doesn't really matter because this has no bearing on later on. I'm just saying that these are two 17-year-old girls. Sure. They're, They're drinking in Scotland. They're having a good time. On the Royal Mile. On the Royal Mile. I... I was concerned because I thought, I thought 18 was the legal age to drink in Scotland. In England, I think that's what it is, but I don't know what it was in 1977. Right. It so it been, could have easily been 16 or even 15. What's a drinking age? Exactly. I have no friggin' clue. So he's concerned about two 17-year-olds drinking at a bar, uh, or four 17-year-olds drinking at a bar.
1: Get in, get in your time machine and go back to 1977 and take it up with the authorities in Scotland.
0: Exactly. I I can't help you there. So. Once they were at the World's End, Christine and Helen sat in a booth and started drinking whiskey because they're proper fucking Scottish ladies. Scottish ladies drink whiskey with no E, and they have a good fucking night. Or, in this case, not so much.
1: Well, but Uh, they don't know that.
0: (laughs) So far, they don't know it. So Uh, far,
1: it sounds like they're having a pretty good time. Yeah.
0: Well, but there they had another argument because apparently Helen...
1: Well, they're 17-year-olds. Why wouldn't they? They're also
0: 17, which is something to take into account that if you're hanging out with your friends, there's going to be argument after argument for no fucking reason. But they had another... Drama! But also, this is also things that people think are important right after they've disappeared, right? So it's...
1: People being, you know... Their friends, old ass adults.
0: No, that, they're. This is what their friends told the police.
1: Oh, that they had a, a fight. That they or had a,
0: They had these arguments. They had so a row, if you will. I almost wrote "row" on here because I was like, I, I definitely used "flat" a bunch and almost used a bunch of less non-American terms for things because I was like, so they had another tiff or they had another row because. Christine was making fun of Helen cuz Helen called a boy in a different commun- different town or a different place and he had she was making fun of her because the boy was like didn't have a phone at home and had to she had to call him on a on a payphone or something
1: Well I mean it's 1977 everyone's calling everyone on landlines No but at- he like left payphones. his
0: house to go to a payphone and that's what she was making fun of her for because he didn't have a landline. Oh, cuz he
1: was a country bumpkin.
0: Yeah. Pr- I think so. Yeah. yeah. But it's like why are you b- hanging out with that guy? And so Helen like stormed out in her and if she'd left, she'd be fine. I bet it, I bet she sh- <laughs> later on that evening she was like, "Oh my god, she just fucking left." Right. And I was pissed. But anyway, so
1: she didn't leave cuz she had a serious case of FOMO.
0: Probably she was fucking 17. So anyway, so soon after uh Jackie came out of the bathroom, and by this time, Christine and Helen had made up. Made up. They were fine. They were BFFs again, um,
1: like seventeen-year-olds do.
0: Exactly. So soon after, Jackie came out of the bathroom and saw Christine and Helen had been joined by two guys.
1: Ooh. Uh,
0: about. I me- bet they
1: had phones at home.
0: <laughs> they may have, because they were a little older. They were they were mid to late twenties.
1: Ooh, they might have had phones in their own rooms.
0: They had. <laughs> they were medium height and build.
1: Oh. That's descriptive.
0: And they... <laughs> <What>? <laughs> and they were dressed in typical '70s attire, aka tight shirts and bell bottoms. Way lot, wide lapels. And I think it was super Past funny. Past their shoulders, lapels. I don't know if this is if this was a because in the United States we call these bell bottoms, but in the book Tom Wood calls them flared trousers. That and sounds I, like bell bottoms. And I. And I think that Tom Wood is just throughout this book, I have to take a moment because this is a terrible book in many ways. <laughs> it's a good book informational wise. I got all the information that I needed from this book to present it to you and have you and have you laugh or have you be very upset because this is quite a tragedy. But
1: I mean, it's not a tragedy yet. It's just some girls having a good time so far. So far
0: um, soon, they, it, it seems to me that somebody either, that either he, I don't, I don't want to say he's self-published, because it's not that bad, but there are some places where I'm like, who the fuck edited this thing, and granted, I'm a writer, and I'm an editor, and I, and I tend to pick things apart when I don't, when I don't understand how, how that could have passed, but it's, it's, the book itself, I'm holding it in my hand, I'm looking at it right now, and it's, I'm not holding it in my hand, but I'm looking at it right now. And it's a good it's like a solidly published book by by a publishing company. It's not somebody self-publishing. So for me, that he could get away with some of the stuff he there, there's he repeats the same shit over and over again throughout the book, which is which just drives me crazy. But that could be because it was two different time periods when he wrote it wrote it. I don't know. But also, I don't know if Scotland people don't use commas, but Jesus Christ, they could use at least a hundred more commas in this fucking book at least and it just drove me crazy and also he is old as shit this well guy. obviously
1: i mean you would have to expect being that he was a cop in 1977 and it's currently 2018
0: he goes off about how young women drinking is has caused rapes and stuff to continue to go up and he's like people don't want to people don't like that i say that but it's true and it's just like. It's not true. People could just not, men could just not rape women and women wouldn't have to worry about having to have a drink. Right. That's the most political I'm going to get on this show. But I'll tell you what, that's the truth. You could just, the rape people who rape people could just not rape people and then women would never have to worry about having a drink, having too much to drink when they go to the bar. So fuck you for, (sighs) so after Jackie sees them talking to these guys, she's, like whatever, they look fine. They look normal, like normal guys. It was, it wasn't. They weren't creepy. They weren't weird. Although, personally, if I saw my friends talking to two twenty-year-olds when I was seventeen, I, twenty-five-year-olds to thirty-year-olds, I'd probably be like, really? Yeah, but would you though? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember being seventeen, but I just know that, and if they were cute, I wouldn't care. But if they were, I don't know. I've seen pictures of these guys, so <laughs> they probably weren't cute. But anyway. Anyway, Jackie goes on with her night. She's having a good time. And somebody says, hey, do all you girls want to go to a party? And Jackie goes, I want to go. And then Tony goes, I'm totally in. And they go up and they ask.
1: Mistake. You should always finish your pub crawl before you go to a party.
0: (laughs) I think they were done with their pub crawl. They'd been there for a while. So anyway, um, they ask Christine and Helen if they want to go. And Christine straight up says, nope. I'm not in, and Helen doesn't even reply. So she's just, like, talking to these guys, and she's, like, into this conversation, and she's nothing. They're leaving their friends in the bright light of the bar. They're not, they're just talking to some dudes. There's no reason to think that there's anything bad's going to happen. They're going to go home. They're going to get a cab. They're going to go to Christine's, whatever. Everything's going to be fine. Unfortunately, Christine and Helen were never seen alive again. So I'm going to tell you a little bit about them because I feel like we should know a little bit about them. I don't have a ton because they were 17. We weren't, we're not talking about long life lived here.
1: It was, they were 17 and it was 1977. Exactly. So, so. no Facebook.
0: So, both Helen Scott and Christine Edie, it's either Eddie or Edie, but E A D I E makes me think it's Edie. Okay. Came from good, loving families. They were both brought up in Edinburgh. Helen by her parents, Margaret and Morian, M O R I A N. I bet it sounds really good in Scottish, but in English, it doesn't sound as good. Okay. Uh, and Christine was brought up by her maternal grandmother, but she does have a mother named Margaret as well. So they both have the same mother's well, name. It's
1: a pretty common name.
0: Yep. Especially in that time. Uh, the girls had known each other since secondary school. Uh, they'd gone to school together at Edinburgh's... I'm sorry, Edinburgh is spelled in a way that I'm going to accidentally slip every once in a while. Sorry, guys. They went.
1: We preemptively apologize for any of ed- Edinburgh's that happen in this yes. podcast.
0: Um, so they had known each other since secondary school where they went to Edinburgh's Fur Hill High School. It's okay. two R's. So it's Fur Hill? I don't know. It's probably just Fur Hill. Um, I don't think that university was at the time. I mean, in the U.S. it wasn't as important in 1977. Um, so I feel like in Scotland it wasn't because it seems that they both left school at 16 which is the standard if you're not going to do A levels right right is at that what the, it is A levels is, yeah, is the is the college preparatory stuff yeah. that they do in the UK you betcha Um so at the...
1: I'm obviously talking from a level of expertise here yeah. in that I've watched you know the inbetweeners
0: the inbetweeners and Harry Potter <laughs> <laughs> But I, I, think so. She,
1: we, so they, 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 they skipped out of school before they had to do their owls. Yes. Okay.
0: Uh so at the time of their deaths, Helen was working as a at a kilt shop, which is the most fucking Scottish thing that could possibly happen, right? right. Like, I love it. I think it's great. But she also hoped to pursue a career in childcare, which is lovely. And she was very young, and so she probably had plenty. Of, she had plenty of time. If she'd lived, she probably maybe she'd been a a nice preschool teacher or something.
1: Or a kilt maker.
0: Or a kilt make. Maybe she would have fallen into it, you know? Uh, Kilts are still quite popular in Scotland, as far as I know.
1: Kilts are quite popular in the U.S., too.
0: Not as popular as they are in Scotland, though.
1: That's true. (laughs) I think.
0: She also had a boyfriend, which is always nice. Um, Christine was working as a typist for a firm of surveyors in Edinburgh. Uh, She had her own flat, and she was seemingly doing well. I mean, I
1: mean, having your own flat at 17, that's, that's pretty good. I mean, even for nowadays.
0: And she previously, before she was working as a typist, she had worked for the, the the city education group. So like, you know, the department of education, she was working for that in the city of Edinburgh until she decided to do typing for, for surveyors in Edinburgh. And I feel like typing was probably, she was probably doing that there too. Right. Let's be honest. Like. Not a whole lot of.
1: Well, I mean, at the time, being a typist was probably a hot commodity. Especially so. when
0: you're 17 yeah. and you're, you know, you're starting
1: out. Well, I mean, at any age, I feel like I feel like at that point, like like you know, because that was a time when 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 typing, ty- being capable of typing on a keyboard, uh, was women's work. Like. Mm-hmm. It, business people or anybody else men didn't type on keyboards you got a secretary to do that and if you had a secretary that could type good then you know they were good they were a hot commodity
0: men were busy doing shorthand and being journalists so the morning of october 16th so we're gonna we're gonna fast forward to the day after the girls were all at the bar
1: so the day after the day after bing crosby died Yes, the
0: day after the day
1: after Bing Crosby died.
0: I feel like I'm I'm knocking Tom Wood a lot, but he wrote a good book and he cared and they all cared a lot. The police cared a lot.
1: Well, I mean, let's be honest. You know, the guy is a subject matter expert and he published a book, so kudos to him. Yeah. So even if he didn't, you know, use as many commas as he should have.
0: Even if somebody should have edited that book better. Well, it was the Gauntlet.
1: 70s. The editor was probably drunk.
0: It was 2014.
1: Let's be honest, it was 2014. The editor was probably drunk.
0: <laughs> so on the morning of October 16th, Jackie received a call from Helen's dad, and he was wondering if she'd seen Helen. He he thought maybe she stayed the night there. You know, it's clear that Helen was still living at home, but she was clearly able she, there were no she was an adult. Right. Cuz I'm pretty sure 16 is the is the age where in England where you can go you can leave home. Yeah. So Jackie is concerned but she's not because they're 17 and you just think oh sh- sh- I think she just thought oh she's with Christine I left her with Christine I'll go over there later and I'll be like hey your dad's looking for you whatever we were on a
1: bender last night of course she hasn't called an- anybody or talked to especially anybody, especially her parents you know
0: yeah so later that day Jackie went to Christine's to check uh, check on them both and found neither of them for some reason she was concerned about this because even they could have gone been going out they could have gone out to breakfast or lunch or right. wherever like it's it's weird to me that they that they talk of I guess in hindsight she went it was weird that they weren't there but then she calls Helen's well, dad. Well, I mean, you
1: got to think about the fact that they're probably pretty good friends, and you know, you kind of know your friend's routine, and so like if they're she's not home. yeah, she's, she's not, not home, like Christine. where you you would expect her to be be home, and you go, this is weird. I need to start calling people because I am now concerned. All right. We'll Especially check. in a day before cell phones where you can't just, you know, beep-bop-boop and text somebody and be like, where are you at?
0: Fool. So she calls the dad to let him know that they're not at Christine's. I feel like th- it feels like he didn't explain quite... I feel like this is how it went. Jackie received a call from Helen's dad. She said, it's probably not a big deal. She, pr- she stayed with Christine last night. I'll go over there later and I'll let you know and I'll have her call you. And so then... Because he, maybe he didn't know Christine's number and neither did she or something. And then she went over there and she she realized they weren't there. So she went to a payphone and she called him and said, Hey, they're not at Christine's either. Now I'm a little concerned because I expected them to be. Right. So that night, Jackie, Helen's parents, and a few other friends meet at a pub because this is Scotland and English, UK, Irish. If you Whatever you are, if you're on an island... In the middle of the Atlantic, you drink a lot. That's pretty much how I feel like is what's going on here. So, they went to a pub to discuss what to do next, and they all decided that they should take it to the police because this is a bunch of smart people, I think. Mm-hmm. They're all yeah, like, "Yeah,
1: that seems like the smart thing to do."
0: Yeah. So, soon after making the p- missing persons report, Jackie is at home and she hears a news broadcast saying that two girls have been found. Oh shit. Yeah. So she calls the police department. Dead girls. Yeah. I mean, not two two alive people would have been made her happy. She wouldn't have been concerned. Um she called the police department and said, Hey, yo, I uh
1: I think these might be my friends. I think
0: these might be my friends and they confirmed to her that that it was in fact Helen and Christine.
1: Damn.
0: Yeah. So Christine was found first. Uh in, so they
1: weren't found together.
0: They were not found together. Okay. They were they were not in the same place. Christine was found in Gosford Bay on the East Lothian, Lothian, Lothian Lothian coastline. A couple, Derek and Ruth Taylor, they'd stopped to have a picnic and a walk on the beach.
1: That sounds like a shitty picnic. I mean like it probably sounds like it would have been oh, it a nice Oh, was like a
0: beach. It was on a beach. Yeah,
1: I I I I mean it sounds like it would have been a nice picnic except for the fact that they found a dead body. Oh,
0: well they had the picnic before they found the dead body. So they had a nice picnic before they found the dead body. Okay. Um so during their walk, he saw what he thought was a tailor's dummy. And this is I was thinking about this because I thought a lot of times you hear people say, "Oh, I thought it was a I thought it was a doll or I thought it was a dummy or something like that." And I'm always I've always been like, "What? That's weird." Right. But a tailor's dummy is less weird to me because they are the shape of a human.
1: Right. For a good reason.
0: And so if there's clothes on that body, which unfortunately in this case there wasn't. Right. Um,
1: well, I mean, why would you get rid of a perfectly good tailor's dummy with, you know, perfectly good clothes on it? You just get rid of the tailor's dummy without the clothes on it.
0: <laughs> but... uh. As he got closer, as they got closer, I, should, I, should, I say he, but they were walking together. Um, I'm sure it was like, oh, look, there's a stupid tailor's dummy. And the, why would somebody dump that? And then they, as they walked up closer, he they realized it was a young woman. Uh, Christine was naked, bound, and gagged with her own tights and underwear. And she'd been sexually assaulted. Oof. I mean, I don't think that the tailors could tell that. But that's what police came up with. Right. Initially, that she'd been sexually assaulted. So Helen was found nearby at Coates Farm, halfway between the coast and a town called Haddington. A gardener named John Mackenzie had left his cottage for an evening walk with his dog. You see, this is the thing: is I, I thought that they were going to be found in the morning. That's usually right. how this goes: is that somebody wakes up and they're doing a walk of their property, but they they weren't found until the next evening, or late afternoon next evening. Gotcha. Which is. An interesting fact but not really. I mean, it doesn't really matter when they were found, does it?
1: Like No, but it it, it is interesting to think about it because you think you do think that like you, they're that a body that was left in the middle of the night. You you would think that that was going to be found like right the away. next morning, like somebody just happens to be like out for a run or a stroll or walking their dog or you know the things that people usually do in the morning and then it's like, well, no, because like I guess that kinda points to a really good dump site, I guess. Because like I guess people go out and they do their morning routines and they don't see the body and then it's not until the evening time when <laughs> somebody's like actively in that area for a very specific purpose and they find the body and they go, Hey, I found a dead body and they're like, Oh shit, this body's been here for
0: thirteen hours, fourteen yeah. hours or something. But so anyway, what's funny about this so I guess it's not
1: the best dump site, but... Because they
0: were found the next day. Yeah. It sounded like it was, you know, three you months know, down the road. 12, or...
1: 12 years later yeah. or anything.
0: But gar- be- John McKenzie is the gardener. He left his cottage for a walk with his dog, and he also found what he thought was a tailor's dummy.
1: So this was just must be, like, the the fashion area of Scotland or something, because or everyone's, that... everyone's got tailor's dummies that they're throwing away.
0: Or it's just that these girls were so, like, creamy pale that they just looked like taylor's dummy which is which is i like
1: my idea better
0: Yes, yes (laughs) uh he obviously soon realized it was not helen had her hands tied behind her back with a belt uh with no shoes and a black coat on her upper body i don't know if that means it was swished over her or if she was wearing it i do know that the black coat is extremely important though uh she had a ligature made from her own tights around her neck and also, there was a second ligature also around her neck made from her belt.
1: So, life hack to anybody out there, don't wear tights or you'll get strangled with them. Or a
0: belt. But also, this is, okay, so this this is a confusing sentence for me because of the terminology in the UK okay. that I understand is one way but could mean something else. So, it says, her pants lay near her head and police surmised that she had been gagged with them and, and then spit them out.
1: Yeah, pants in the UK. Pants is... in the
0: UK is your underwear. Yep. Correct. So I don't know if that means that it was her actual pants because they use underwear earlier to describe what to describe Christine.
1: Yeah, but you gotta look at the context. They 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 surmise that, that they well, were used as a Well, I said surmised,
0: gag. they didn't say surmised. Okay.
1: But still, like if they're u- if they're if they're guessing that they were used as a gag, you're not gonna shove somebody's Someone's jeans, jeans in their, into their mouth.
0: Right? Like, that's yeah, what I was thinking. Yeah,
1: so it's... Di- I I, am I, with 90% surety saying that, that they're talking they're about... They're talking the, about her, her underwear. Her, her underpants. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay, so... But also, in addition to that, they they thought that she had been... Like, her tights had tied her underwear into her mouth. So they had put them... They used her tights to... Keep the her underwear in.
1: That's again, or you keep know.
0: her pants in. And I was like, but you wouldn't need. And I literally, when I first read that sentence, I was imagining a pair of pants,
1: like jeans, jeans, yeah,
0: or a pair of like slacks. God, that's an old term. Shoved in her mouth, but like only like the end of it. Like I was imagining like like the end where like the end of your pants, the
1: cuff of your pants, the cuff of your yeah. pants in
0: her in her mouth. And I was like, oh no, they think they call pants panties pants right in england at least so they probably do in scotland
1: this episode brought to you by pants you're doing a... <laughs> the thing you wear under your slacks
0: <laughs> so obviously the murders caused outrage in shock, the pants community in the pants community in the entire community of edinburgh and probably the rest of scotland if they i mean if they're i, I can't imagine that to a double murder wouldn't make the papers, right? Throughout the throughout it,
1: gotta sell them papes.
0: Well, I also think you know we're talking about a relatively safe world.
1: Yeah, I can't imagine like that wouldn't make the national papers.
0: I feel like the U- the whole UK knew about this. Oh yeah, for sure. And they called them, of course, they called them the world's end murders because that's where they had been last seen. Right. But that's neither here nor plus there. Plus, plus
1: that that makes for great headlines. You know, the world's end. The World's End Murders. Oh, it's catastrophic. It's Armageddon. No, it was just the name of a bar.
0: To be honest, I don't. I didn't actually find out. The full disclosure, I didn't find out if it's still standing. I feel the pub? Like, yeah. I feel like it wouldn't have... They, I mean, right? if like, anything, well, it may have gone out of business because it was, you know, no longer...
1: Yeah, b- because of notoriety of the case or something, no, maybe? No, because, it,
0: because it's been fucking 40 years and yeah, thirty are Yeah, but years,
1: we're talking 40 about, years and... We're, we're talking about, about the United Kingdom where, like you know, things last forever. It's not like New York City where... I don't know if it's open or not. Where, like, a bar will, will open one week and then it'll be closed, like, two weeks later because they couldn't make it work. It's Yeah, like, we're
0: not talking about London or or New York. I bet in London it's like that, too. Probably, yeah. Only it's, in the fancy areas, though. I don't know. Who ca- I don't know anything yeah. about England, but I'm going to go there someday, I hope. Anyway, so let's get on with the murder. Digression. So this was the first case of its kind for... Okay, so in the book he says this was the first time this ever happened in Edinburgh, and I was like, probably in living memory. Right. Let's not give it, let's not go all the, I mean, we're talking about hundreds of years. Yeah, I would say
1: Edinburgh has probably a long and storied past, and I don't think that this is the first time that two women have been murdered for going out drinking.
0: Yeah, so let's go with living memory. Right. But... I'm going to say that because this is true. It was the first case of its kind for the newly formed Lothian, L-O-T-H-I-A-N. Lothian. Lothian and Borders Police. They'd only been around for about two years at this point. So what had happened was the Scottish, um, I want to say police force, but what I mean is like their investigative, I I don't know, police force. We'll go with police force. Okay. Um, Had recently decided to cut out like individual police departments in different towns and kind of do like a
1: centralized police like, force kind of thing
0: little centralized place so if you like an edinburgh edinburgh bit probably just in little like in areas of scotland they had so what it was is they 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 made it so that there was like a a central location for certain areas Okay. And all the police worked out of that location. So,
1: like, they consolidated down. They consolidated, okay.
0: yeah. So this was the consolidation of the Edinburgh Police, Lothian, 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 and Peebles Constabulary. Constabulary is such a good word, isn't it? I agree. And the Berwick Roxburgh, I'm going with GH as being, yeah, uh, yeah. and Selkirk Constabulary. Okay. Um, they were run by Detective Superintendent George McPherson. And uh, DCI's Bert Darling and Andrew Sudon. It's S-U-D-D-O-N. I want to say Sudden, but it's it may be Sudan. Um, I really want to bring up these guys' names because I do think that it's important because these guys really cared about this case. This was one of those things. Th- the reason I chose this case is because of the police. The Edinburgh, the, uh, I don't want to say Edinburgh, the Lothian and Borders Police Department knocked this fucker out of the park. It was it, it was a cold case, but it was a cold case because well, of I mean, many can, different things, but not because the police were incompetent. Not even a little bit.
1: Well, I mean, considering the crime happened in 1977, and they actually closed the case with a successful conviction in 2014, like that says After a lot.
0: After a shit ton of stuff,
1: too. Yeah, that 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 says a lot about about the police department. That the the fact that that it was a what 30 year old case 37
0: when it 30, was 30 a 37 year old case yeah.
1: when they finally brought it to court means that that they actually like they just didn't give up on it they weren't like oh it's an old case Nah, fuck it we're never gonna solve that whatever move and it's on even,
0: it's even more than that what you're what you're the points you're making right now are exactly why this case was solved exactly why this case was is the reason i picked it so at the time we're talking 1977 so what we don't don't have for investigative tools are these. We don't have DNA. Okay. We don't have CCTV. Right. If we do, if there is CCTV, it's not. It's very very. It's like the America in the 1990s. There's nothing. Right. Maybe three things. You know. There's no offender databases. There's no mobile te- no no mobile telephones to track. There's no electronic payments to track. Okay. Hell, so there's probably
1: not not even really like credit cards. Even that's what track. I mean by yeah.
0: electronic payments. Is that Oh, I'm I'm I meant credit card like tracking because at that time they were still doing that weird like
1: you you do the swipe to get the carbon copy thing. Yeah, yeah. where it's
0: like literally to put the carbon copy on. Yep. Jesus, I'm so glad we don't live in that time. I'm. So Me glad. too. So the thing is that at at this time investigations were still being conducted through you know hard police work. The he goes into detail about how how they basically just like their files were on handwritten. Cards, handwritten and typed cards. So it's like
1: because typing is girls' work.
0: Well, let's go into that again. Did we already talk about (laughs) that? Yes, we did. (laughs) But despite this, despite the fact that we were years away from DNA, we were not. We we weren't. We weren't. We're not in like the 30s here, where people are like, well, you know, oh, blood, just clean it up. There, they test it, and they test it often. They'll test, and I don't know if it's like this in Scotland, but I know in them in. in the USA, they were testing semen for um, if you were a discreter or a non-discreter.
1: I don't know what that means.
0: I don't know what it means either. But I know that if you were... That, that you as a man, you are one of one or the other. You are A, a discreter, or B, a non-discreter.
1: I discrete all over the
0: place. Am I saying this right? Discre- not discrete. Excrete. Excrete? Excrete. Okay.
1: Like, I, I excrete all over the place. That makes it even grosser.
0: So, like, either... It's something with, with your sperm, probably. I don't know. I think it's excreter, though. Sorry for the discreter thing. Discrete is totally different than excrete. Holy shit. But, so, despite this, despite the fact that there was no DNA, you could still blood type, you could still semen type. Sure. Excreter or non-excreter. Right. I feel like i'm not saying this right i'm sorry for for whoever i'm getting this wrong and you're listening to this and going fuck you jess if i'm we're, not listening to this podcast anymore because you're bad at this
1: if we're wrong let us know in the comments let us yes. email us or
0: email us or get a hold of us on twitter at into the basement duck at into the basement um anyway with this is the thing that this is this right here i have talked to you already in this episode about how i feel like this is a great police force this is the reason that I chose this case. This very right here is the reason I chose this case. A young forensic scientist named Lester Nibb went out of his way to collect and bag the, the evi- forensic evidence in a way that was unreal for the time. He made sure to keep everything refrigerated. He made sure to keep everything nice and well done. He made sure to m- that everything was, with what is it called? Well when they-
1: preserved, not well done.
0: Thank you. Didn't I say well preserved? No, you said well done. Thank you, Adrian. Um, He made sure that everything was, you know, what is that thing where it's the the where they have it has to go from one person to another to another chain of custody. Chain of custody. He made sure all of that was done exactly by the book. He collected he collected evidence that maybe they didn't need at the time. I think this person, this Lester Nib understood that science was going to improve and that there will be better ways in the future for them to identify these fucking assholes who killed and raped these girls. Because these girls, by the way, they were definitely raped. Adrian asked earlier if we were going to have a rape in this. Yeah, we're going to. We're going to have more than than these two because we're not done. Turns out. We're not done yet. We're not done yet, you guys. And because of this foresight and because of his actions, this case is solved. And I want you to remember that because... It's not just when DNA shows up that this matters. This is throughout the next 37 years, over and over again, they're going to have to come back to this evidence and every single time it's going to be okay because this guy did a good job. And again, this is, it's not just him. And I don't want to just give Lester Nib the big, "You're, you're awesome, but you are. You are awesome, Lester Nib. And if you're out there and you're listening to this, which you won't be, but if you are, thank you. Thank you for being a good fucking cop.
1: And if you're listening to this, please email us.
0: <laughs> so anyway, I just want to say that he wasn't the only one who did a good job.
1: because. But he he definitely stood he, out as he stood being out exemplary.
0: Absolutely. Because he, he saw that evidence and the worth it could have in the future. Because I think these guys knew that they weren't equipped to solve these cases in 1977.
1: So I think uh, Lester Nib is our uh, all-star of the podcast, our all-star of the episode. All right. dun, 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 dun.
0: Um, So in this investigation, we're going to move on now from the Lester Nib excellence, and I'm going to talk to you about that They that the cops are not dumb, and they immediately realized that this was two guys. They had, it had to have been two guys because, not because... They found anything to determine it otherwise, but the cops felt like these are two young women
1: mm-hmm.
0: in good shape. Fit, fit is a term that in, in the English language means hot as it does in American language. So I don't like to use the word fit, but what they mean is that they're fit young girls in the sense of like they're strong and they could kick these guys' heads off if they needed to because they're literally in the prime of their life. So when a cop says somebody's fit, they don't mean oh she's sexy. Right. They mean she could kick your ass, you know. And they were surprised that these these fit young girls could be um, controlled by one guy. So right. they they were like, well, mu- there must have been two. Which was a,
1: so so they followed the evidence.
0: They followed the evidence absolutely. Um, and also two two patrol officers, like foot patrol officers, as well as a couple of. Um, just random witnesses had seen two couples leaving the bar that fit the description of the, of Helen and Christine and these guys who people had seen them with in the bar. So this isn't like a, it's not, they're not going out of nowhere and go, Oh yeah, it must be two guys or whatever, you know? So they interviewed everyone. This is, this is one of the things that like, (laughs) when you think about how, like, because I was focusing a lot on the police work and because it was written by a police, um, like, chief inspector sure, right. eventually. Um no not even a chief inspector, like a fucking he, he ran the show, this guy. Yeah. For a while. So Tom Wood did. So we're talking about like people who like cops. Right. So there's a lot of we love cops in this book. But I also this is a definitely in a we love cops sort of case. Right. And the two men ma- or I'm sorry. I was when you when they talk about the way police work used to happen. Police work used to happen that uh, they had to go like a lot. As TV watchers, we all go out and we go, holy crap! Like it's so easy to be a cop now because you can just you know go on CCTV and see who's hanging right. out or you just, talk just, to their friends you know, or whatever. En-
1: enhance the image.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Enhance, enhance, enhance. And um, but now, but then, no CCTV, no idea, no you you didn't even know who was really there so you just said you depend on people who were like yeah i was there that night and i saw something so they had to your, go and, your
1: best evidence was eyewitness yeah reports which we've which, de- are terrible. W- which we've determined in recent past has been terrible evidence they're not
0: it's not good because people are susceptible to all sorts of yep and people not that people don't mean well not that people are lying they just don't like you can, if you saw a picture in the paper of a guy who you thought, oh, that guy kind of looks like the guy I saw, even if the, you weren't being asked, that's in your head now. So suddenly you,
1: your memory changes. Yeah, and yeah. it's it, so your, your memory is unreliable.
0: Absolutely. So, and that's cops. The fact that cops have had gotten anything done prior, solved any case legitimately before DNA is unbelievable. But what they would do is they would literally like track people, find out where they were, and like map it out on in the in the investigation room and be like okay Joe on an here. actual
1: physical map
0: so to say that these guys weren't to, to say that these guys i can't believe they didn't get it done in 77 is stupid because they didn't they they didn't have all the all the shit that, that you get later and also well, yeah the like, people who came ended up doing this they weren't on their radar they the radar they weren't guys who were out there having being on the police radar. And I think that that's the problem. Well,
1: I mean, this kind of lends itself to what you're talking about as them being an exemplary police force in that, you know, most of the time when a case like this would come up where they didn't have enough ev- evidence to follow it up, they'd just be like, you know, sh- shrug your shoulders and be like, well, whatever, I guess this is never going to get solved. And it goes in the pile in the corner with all of the other cases that we can't solve and we'll never think about it again
0: and this is this goes into exactly what I was going to say. So what it came down to is that they couldn't solve this case. Right? They they had it open. The, Edinburgh is not a small community, right? Right. I would not say I, I don't know, but I feel like it's it's not well, I it's mean, a bigger city in Scotland. It's yeah. not it's not a tiny place. Well, I mean,
1: it's like the capital of Scotland.
0: So things are going to continue to happen. And so that eventually you can't have a bunch of guys on a case trying to solve it. And there's nothing coming out of it. And the truth is, nothing was coming out of it. All the male friends were cleared. The two, there were, they looked into uh, uh, the military because apparently the guys had, like, they were smart looking with short hair, which was very uncommon in the 70s. So they looked into the to the military guys and that, that didn't pan out. All the sex offenders in the whole community were looked into and they, that didn't pan out. So we're talking about, about, They've done they've they've exhausted every single lead they could possibly exhaust. And at this point, they have to to shut it down. And at this and because of that, and because they knew that this case, not only did they care a lot because I think because it was a couple of young girls who didn't deserve to die, which right. is pretty much everyone who die, who gets murdered, but there were a couple of young girls who were who were just minding their own business, having a good night, going out drinking with their friends. no big deal. They had the rest of their lives ahead of them and somebody and uh, somebody murdered them. and also because they were it was the first big case that this 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 police force had had right I mean I, think, I feel like that's a lot to do with with why they were so good at it is that they really didn't want to fuck this up. and so they when they came to storing this evidence, they again took the time to make sure all of the files were completed, indexes were brought up to date, they made sure that forensic samples were stored properly and in the right way, so anything that needed to be refrigerated was refrigerated, anything that didn't need to be refrigerated wasn't, you know, whatever. And then anything, any evidence like clothing, which can possibly have more forensic evidence on it that maybe they didn't pick up on, was well preserved so they yep. sealed it correctly
1: mm-hmm.
0: and started away in boxes and basically like there was somebody who was overseeing this if you needed to get back into these files you better be fucking serious about it and nobody's gonna let you in unless there's a real fucking thing right i think that when you're a cop and you he- and people and i think that you're i think it's 100 percent that they're just excellent cops but i also think that these are guys who see a couple of young girls who Died and nobody, and they didn't get to solve it. And to them, they want they want to do well for those girls. They in, want to solve it for those girls.
1: In my in my mind's eye right now, I'm seeing one guy sitting there in the in in the uh the bullpen at the police station, and everybody's like, "Well, we're not going to be able to sa- solve this." And he's like, "You know what? This one's going to bother me until we solve it. Even if we have to put it on the shelf, we need to do some shit to make sure that this happens because this is going to." Buck and bug me until the day that we actually solve it. And so everybody was like, all right, fine, let's just I don't think go it was an it. all
0: right, fine. I think he, I think all of them were like that guy. Yeah. I think we're looking at a group of guys who were like, we the only reason we're putting this away is because we can we it's, need to it's solve it. It is because somebody shit. is
1: telling we telling us we have to. Exactly. Yeah.
0: So and This is never more clear than in about ten years later. Lester Nib took Helen's once because DNA in the Uh, late
1: episode All Star. Lester Nib, thank you very much.
0: Fucking a. We're talking like ten years later. That's when DNA really fucking blew up. So we're talking nineteen eighty-eight. We're talking when when DNA. The
1: phrase DNA blowing up sounds really gross. Because all I think about when people talk about DNA is, samples is, is semen. semen. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> semen just exploding everywhere in the police department. You can,
0: get, you can get DNA from many other things. Semen is not the only place you can get DNA. Yeah, but so it seems around.
1: like the only time anybody talks about DNA samples is to be polite about talking about how they have semen.
0: You're probably right, babe. You are definitely right. I mean, like that's the majority of in cases like this, because unless it, if they talk about blood, they say blood. Yeah. And they say blood DNA or something. They don't. Yeah. They don't blood
1: speak. DNA. They they got DNA from a hair sample. They found a DNA sample in the bed sheets.
0: <laughs> yes, that, that's that's <laughs> Yes, absolutely. You're absolutely right about that. So, Lester Nib, who by the way is pretty much there throughout all of these cases throughout the whole thing because that dude is like, "I'm solving this motherfucker." They took Helen's jacket to be tested for, checked for DNA, and a partial profile, a partial profile, which in the 1980s, in 1988, is, like, the best they can do, and that's really Hey, we found
1: something. It's a partial DNA.
0: And it was found, and unfortunately... I mean, I don't think there were any databases in 1988, so we can't we can't be like, oh, well, they compared it against some D- some shit because they didn't have anything to compare it against.
1: Yeah, back then when they said they were comparing DNA samples, that meant that they were taking like blood samples from people in the area and then like literally taking one uh one slide and comparing it to it so, the, the, it the, so the sample that it they was had. So
0: expensive. So expensive at that time. It was literally, but that's beyond. Basically, they got this DNA profile, and this this is going to be the profile that's going to be compared against any of the... Because this is a thing that people don't understand, that people don't necessarily know about DNA. DNA is more... Actually, any evidence is more often than not used to acquit people, more than... it Or not... Or... Uh, I don't want to... Acquit is a legal term.
1: Rule, rule them out.
0: Rule them out. But more than it is to to, to put them in... One hundred percent. So this is going to be a sample that from now on, they're going to take, you know, cheek swabs from somebody or blood, blood samples from people, compare them against each other. And then if it fits, the, they can say,
1: they can say, OK, this 90 percent of the people that we checked are not the people we're looking yeah. for.
0: Um, But again, we're the way they ch- the way they handled the forensic evidence in this case is so. And again, I'm going to go off. I'm going to go off on how much this is amazing, because this does not happened. In the world of, of crime, especially in the 80s, you do not treat forensic samples this good. But these guys, in order to preserve the evidence, because at the time DNA testing was quite destructive, so you needed a big fucking sample to get anything. You needed like a, like a quarter-sized sample to get anything. Anything lower than that, you, you weren't getting anything. But because they realized that, they decided to they got a partial DNA they were not going to ask them to do any more because other people were like, "Oh, well, we've got more shit on there. Get, get it all, get it all, get it all, and test it all." They said, "No, no, 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 no. This is clearly going to improve. At some point, we're clearly going to be able to do smaller samples. Let's just put that back into evidence. And if we need it later, we'll need it later." Excellent. Fucking amazing. Right. This has not happened. I don't. I can't. I mean, me. I don't know if it happens in Scotland all the time, but in the U.S., this shit doesn't happen. Right. They just test the shit out of everything. Right. And they go, oh, fuck it. We'll just test it all. And then, like, 30 years down the road, they've already tested 17 times. And, oh, you finally got the guy you think really did it, but you can't test against him. And now the guy can't be convicted because fuck you, you know? Ah, can't get it. Sorry. Getting a little emotional. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, so... They have this DNA sample now, so now they can test against people who are possible suspects. So throughout the years, suspe- suspects occasionally came to light, but none of them were the guy, so who fucking cares about them? Right. They didn't do it. Who right. gives a shit, you right. know? And then, in 1997, when DNA was much better, they found a complete DNA profile.
1: Oh, snap. From,
0: her, from Helen Scott's jacket, okay? So we're at a point now where we have a complete DNA profile- but we don't have a guy because at this point there are some there are some databases. Right. Not huge databases, because especially in Scotland, I can't imagine. Right. Like the U.S., we got crime all the time. Scotland is not a cr- crimey place. Well, it's not. It's not like we are. Not well like no, us but in the we're U.S.
1: We're giant fucking country.
0: But they don't have this extensive. Right. They don't have the fucking, extensive you know,
1: database that that we had.
0: Have. But had. Be,
1: have. Whatever. We have
0: huge databases, but. Now we're on to the second investigation. So we've had a first investigation, and we're on to the second investigation. And this is in
1: 1997?
0: And we're starting in 1997, okay. and this one is run by Superintendent John McGowan. And Tom Wood, the guy who is the author of our book, is the assistant chief constable. Okay. Okay, so right. we're Tom's moving up in the world. Moving on up. By this point, there is a system called the Holmes II system.
1: Ooh, that sounds
0: intimidating. It's a database. It's it's a criminal database. Basically, they just put cr- criminals in there.
1: Okay. That is not as intimidating as it sounds. No.
0: It, there was a Holmes that was released in 1985. Okay. It wasn't as good as the one that was... They re-released it in, like,
1: 1994. Holmes
0: 2.0. And they called it Holmes 2. Um, the plan, at this point, because they had DNA... Was to run through the evidence, re-interview suspects, take any, sus- any of the suspects who they had originally who hadn't been a, hadn't been gotten rid of for what's the term right now, gotten rid of, eliminated. eliminated, and do DNA testing. They got no hits. They had no suspects. McGowan retires. I put that in there, just so we can go into the third investigation,
1: which started in.
0: This is a little bit. I'm not really sure. Okay. The book is kind of jumpy-backy-forthy. Okay. This is why this book bothered me a lot. Because it was jumpy-backy-forthy. I had to, like, search for shit that should have been, you know, what's the term for in order? Consecutive. Uh, Okay. It wasn't consecutive. It was just like, oh, here, 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 here. So, third investigation, Superintendent Greg Dobby takes over. Okay. A guy who's going to be in the rest of, who is going to be a huge... Um, person within the rest of the... Basically, Alan Jones, D.S. Alan Jones, he's a D.S. at this time, so it's a de- detective sergeant, mm-hmm. goes to a lecture. For the rest of, I, I'm never going to say his name again, probably. But just know that this guy is basically the reason this case continues to, to exist. Okay. D.S. Alan Jones goes to a lecture by a guy named D.S. Detective Sergeant, Andy McKay. Andy McKay is from the National Crime and Operation Facility, which is called the NCOF for short, and they get to talking. Afterwards. Okay. McKay offers to do a cold case review, which is something that they've done a few times and they've pioneered in Scotland. Sure. Um, this is something we're talking like around 2000, 2001. Okay. Okay. That's this time. Somewhere between 1998 and 2001 is when this stuff happens. Okay. So this is like pretty modern times. Andy McKay suggests that they reevaluate DNA. But he thinks they should be reevaluating the gags and the bindings. Interesting. And this is a thing that that we don't. We often think you were just talking about DNA sample mm-hmm. as being semen, right? A DNA sample can be from your hands. Mm-hmm. Any skin tag that comes off your hands can rub off. It's called contact DNA in the United States, and I don't know if it's called that anywhere else. But basically, it's because you you've touched things and you've rubbed, especially if you're like really yanking on something which right. is the what happens when you choke somebody to death you really yank on it you're gonna like your body is gonna f- slough off some skin it's mm-hmm. gonna slough off well i mean that.
1: you're sloughing off dead skin cells constantly and you can get at least a partial dna sample from that exactly and so if you're yeah like what you're saying like you, if you're like yanking down on some girl's tights to tie her mouth shut You know, you're going to leave something there.
0: And also when you tie a knot, it's going to do something because you might rub your hands or especially and a lot. And to be honest, we're talking about guys. We haven't even gotten to the suspect yet. We're talking about guys who are have probably calloused hands. So their skin's even more likely to rub off. right? Right, Right. I don't I don't really know that. Whatever. I don't know. But anyway, so DNA becomes the key. They have. They don't quite test that stuff until a little later, but they do eventually test it. Um, eventually, they do find semen on Christine okay. as well. Christine had not been the one with semen on her, as far as they could tell. But I think they finally tested her her vaginal swab. I hate to use that, but it it is a a pretty technical term. So they tested her vaginal swab. Turns out that her the whatever happened to her. Same guy as what happened to Helen. They match, and that's that's a good thing because that for prosecute prosecutorial stuff, that's a good thing. It proves that they were something happened to both of them, and one guy did it. Right. Or at least one guy did it. You know. Right. They've got the sperm of one guy.
1: The DNA sample of one guy.
0: The DNA sample of one guy. But because they've only found this one sample of DNA, police are like, "Fuck, we swore there was two guys." There couldn't be more than two guys. There couldn't be less than two guys. This had to have been two guys. Well, in 2004, this is when they've uh, tested, they've, they've used, They've got, what they're trying to do is they're trying to find a familial search, up, familiar search. So they're trying to, to, they're trying to find somebody who's committed a crime who might be related to this fucker. Right. Because they haven't had any trouble, they've had so much trouble finding a guy who's actually in the system. So they're lo- now they're looking for some criminals that are related to him. Right. Well, during this search, so during the search, they're trying to isolate the Y chromosome because that can be passed from dad to dad, dad to, son, to son to son to son to son. Right. So during this, when they're trying to do this, they also discover a second DNA profile. Oh snap. On Helen. Oh snap. And so they are pumped. I but bet. you know yeah. what pumps them up even more? They match somebody. Nice. The <laughs> DNA profile comes up with a match. Nice. It hit two a man named Angus Sinclair. So, Angus Sinclair was born the youngest child of three in 1945. He grew up in the Mary Hill region of Glasgow. Uh, His father died of leukemia when he was four. Um, As an early teenager, he committed crimes of robbery and housebreaking. It's
1: because he didn't have a good father figure.
0: Well, I I also think it has... I don't really think that's true. I think it has more... Neither do I. I think it has more to do with the fact that that he was living in a, I don't know, he was living in Glasgow in 1955, like, I don't know, 58, like, it's probably just, I feel like that time period, kids stole shit, you know? Right. You got run, you were running around, you stole shit. So, uh, his first court appearance was when he was 14 for, like, breaking and entering. It says housebreaking and robbery. Housebreaking seems to me like it's just breaking into someone's house. Yeah. Uh, however, it was like a year later, li- uh, He was 15 when he began to show not such a great like kind of innocence. I guess I I look at like breaking into houses and stealing shit as kind of innocent, <laughs> and it's more innocent than what this shit. Yeah, okay, I, so
1: okay, all right, yeah. In
0: 1961, he was charged with lewd and libidious behavior against an eight-year-old girl.
1: Oh, that is not good.
0: Um if you don't know what lewd and libidious behavior is, it's basically what they charge you with if you don't rape somebody and you're 14 or 15. Basically, you maybe showed your penis to somebody or you, you know, grabbed their ass and showed everyone their showed everyone their vagina, that sort of thing, you know? So not good behavior remotely. He got 3 years of probation in 19 we're talking about in the 50s, 1961. 60s. 1961, he got, he got three years of probation. For a kid, that's, that's actually pretty good for that kind of behavior. It's, I mean, he's a kid, so they assume that he was just being an asshole. Right. You know?
1: Boys being boys. Just,
0: they, they don't think anything more of it. But six months later, <laughs> he lured a seven-year-old girl named Catherine Rehill to his flat uh, by offering her money to run an errand for him. When she got back... He attempted to force himself on her, a seven-year-old. He's 15. She's seven. Gross. So we're talking like a kid in his prime of wanting to fuck things, trying to bang a seven-year-old. Gross. She fought him. Like you would. Because I feel like it's 1961, and kids at that time beat the crap out of each other, and at seven you were kind of more mature than you are now. Uh, But she banged her head in the struggle, and it started to bleed. Unfortunately, that didn't stop him. He didn't go, oh, this is ridiculous. I need to stop. He strangled her and raped her. It said strangled and raped her in in the book, by the way. So I don't know if he raped and strangled her or strangled and raped her.
1: I, I think you're arguing semantics at this point because it really doesn't matter. He did both of them and it doesn't matter what the order was.
0: I agree with you, but also a lot could be said for his mental state if he waited till she was dead to rape her.
1: Okay, yeah, that's true.
0: And I, so for me, I, I don't know if he, if she was dead when he, I hope she was dead when he raped her. Well. For yeah. her sake. Yeah, I guess. I wish she hadn't died. She was seven and probably adorable, but it doesn't matter. She's, it matter, it matters, but whatever. So in the middle of the attack, uh, in the middle of the attack, somebody ro- knocked on his door, and he got up and answered it and acted like there was nothing going on. So we're talking about a very cold person. Right. Somebody who who pe- he can go talk to someone in the middle of literally raping and killing someone. Right. In order to be like, oh, yeah, I'll meet you up. I'll meet up with you later. Not not great. Right. Um, He then took her body and later at the bottom of the staircase in the building, because this is like a te- like a building. Like, I, I don't want to say tenement building. I feel like that's not the right time period. But it was like a like an apartment building. And he left her at the bottom of the stairs. Gotcha. And. When people found her, he came out of his apartment and acted all surprised surprised, and like, oh, we need to solve this right now. What the fuck is going on? And I can't believe that somebody killed this little girl. This and,
1: neighborhood's going straight to hell.
0: Yeah. And but un- but fortunately for fortunately for the community who they understood that he was apparently they must have all known that he'd been recently right convicted for lewd and lib- libidious behavior. Um, they said, oh, we need, you guys need to look at this kid. He was acting a little bit weird. He was way too up in arms about it. And also he's a sexual predator. We already know this. And so they charge him with murder. He won't say anything. He won't, he's like, he literally, this is the thing about Agnes is that he never, he never says anything to incriminate himself. Unless it's absolutely necessary to incriminate it, he'll do it if if like it'll protect his family. Right. But only one time. He so he gets in trouble because of because of something. He realizes his wife could be in trouble later on, and then he he says, "Okay, well, I don't want her to go to get in trouble, so I'll admit to it, even though she didn't do anything or whatever." You, you know, it's. Weird. But then forever yeah. after that, he's. I, maybe it's, they're talking about this time. Like maybe his mom was going to get in trouble or something, and he was. I just know that after this, he doesn't talk to the cops ever again. Gotcha. Ever. Gotcha. Um, So the judge called him callous, cunning, and wicked, and then sentenced him to 10 years, which is pretty good for, uh, I mean...
1: That was for the rape and the murder of their little girl?
0: I, I don't think it's good for American justice. But for British justice and uh, European justice, they do tend to do lesser sentences.
1: But this was for the rape and the The murder? The rape and murder of 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 a seven-year-old girl. girl, Yeah.
0: Seven years old. Yeah. I generally don't ever want us to deal with kid murder because I can't. I can't. Right. I'm choosing this one because I didn't realize that this was going to be this kind of guy. Gotcha. That I, I wouldn't have brought this on to us if I hadn't been knee-deep in it by the time I got to the fact that I he murdered a child. Okay. Um, and raped a child. Anyway, so he was released. He did serve his full sentence, as far as I know. Um, he, But when it was complete, he met and married a young nurse named Sadie Sarah Hamilton, and the two of them had a, ch- a child, a son. Uh, this is something about Angus that I think is really funny, because... You don't really think about criminals and their heights, but you do tend to think that criminals are big men. Right. Right? Yeah. Do you? I do. Yeah. And he, Angus, is five foot two. Okay. He's a little guy. Yeah. But he's not so little for the time, I feel like. I don't know. But he's little. To me, he's little, but he's stacked. He's a big, like, stocky guy. And, um, And apparently smooth, because he cheated on Sarah all the fucking time. He had at least six affairs in the time period that we're talking about, from like 1971, 72 to 1982. How
1: many of them were of the age of majority, though?
0: I think they all were.
1: That we know of. Or
0: we, or I, oh, or they blah, would have mentioned blah, blah. it in the book. I think It would have been a thing where we would have had. What I would have been like. No, I would have put a kibosh, if we were talking about him all the time, pedophile. Right. Uh, but for the record, he is a pedophile. Uh, it was in, in 1982 that he admitted to and was convicted of raping and sexually assaulting 11 people, ranging from in ages from 6 to 14. Uh, the youngest person he raped was 6. Gross. Um, and the oldest was 14, of course. Uh, Still gross. He used the same tactics on these children as he had on Catherine Rehill. And because he, wa- he had the sick idea that everybody wanted what I don't know I don't know that he wanted either he thought they wanted it so much as he wanted to pretend like everybody got something out of it he would give his victims money after he raped or sexually assaulted them gross exactly fucking gross and you know what the cop what the what the uh, amazing and awesome judge did what did he do he sentenced him to life in prison good so this is where this fuck was in 2001 in jail in jail okay serving a life sentence when his dna because i assume that they when they started doing the dna stuff they start with the jail guys and so what happened is in 2001 his dna was flagged um in in, in the murder of a girl who was murdered in november of 17 of 1978
1: well that w- that guy's <laughs> certainly long-lived
0: um Police had received a tip that named a specific individual in that case. The case was reopened, and evidence from the crime scene was sent for forensic and DNA testing, which, of course, DNA was found. Right. And the person who they had had the tip called in on was cleared, but Agnes Sinclair was implicated in this crime. He raped and murdered this girl. Gotcha. He was tried and convicted, and... Once again, sentenced to life in prison. So this is a guy who is already in jail forever, forever. He's already facing nothing. So he has nothing to lose and nothing to gain right. Apparently, he works in the kitchen. people, the other inmates have gotten past the fact that he is in there for raping and assaulting six to fourteen year olds. Um, or they don't realize that that's what he's in for. he uh is relatively respected and th- the cops the cops from uh, the Lothian, Lothian 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 group I'm going to just say the Lothian group came in and they realized is about 2004 they realized that this guy is definitely their suspect he is no matter what this is the guy they're trying for this right. but they know his is just his is the second sample his is the tiny sample. Right. They've got like low. It's called like low, low key or low. It's it's not a great sample. It's like a partial sample. Um. So like, it's not like
1: low threshold or something. Yeah.
0: i I don't think it, that's the term. But right. It's basically yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't. He's not the guy that they are hoping to get out of this. So it was around this time that they decided to look into his background because how else? How else are you gonna find the guy who is helping the guy? Unless you look at the guy's background. So they start looking, scouring his background for potential partners. They find out that Sinclair had been pretty chummy with a few of his brother-in-laws. Sarah, Sadie Sarah, Sarah is what she goes by, had six brothers. Okay. And so their DNA profiles were compared against the sample on hand and also the why because they had done the why, the familial right. search thing. Right, yeah. And they discovered that none of the living brothers could possibly be the person who did this. Gotcha. The sample was good enough that they could, they, they could determine if, some, if the living, if anybody who, was, who had given them a sample was. Uh, none of, okay, so one of Sarah's deceased brothers, his name was Gordon Hamilton, was thought to be the prime candidate. But he, was, he had been dead since 1996 cremated and everybody had thrown everything out that was ever his
1: interesting
0: so everyone w- so it was how the fuck are we gonna get any sample of gordon right well he had routinely done repair work for families and friends for family and friends across Gl. uh i feel like we're talking glasgow yeah in the se- across glasgow okay they found out that he had wallpapered a room in the center of Glasgow and put a polystyrene cover around the edge of a ceiling. At the same time they did this wallpaper, okay? They figured there was no way that the wallpaper was going to give any. You know, right. First of all, they tested because so, he had done some electrical, so they pulled up, they pulled apart someone's house to pull out their electrical and got nothing.
1: I mean, it's a shot. It's in so the dark. worth a shot. You yeah. Know?
0: But yet. Alan Jones, this is the guy I was talking about earlier who got this going with the NCOF. Right. Decided to find the house that he did this in, retrieve the covering, like like a like it's like an edging.
1: Yeah, it's 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 styrofoam.
0: Steel, but it's like edging. Yeah. And test for Hamilton's DNA.
1: That's insane. It worked. That's also equally as insane.
0: There was DNA on the covering and it matched the samples on Christine and Helen. So even if like I in the US that wouldn't pass muster. Right. They'd be like, "Well, it was some other guy who was working with them." Right. But the fact that they had already suspected it was Gordon. Right. And here's the DNA that they got from like like his fucking skin cells
1: from years from, later. From
0: 30 years ago, from 25 years ago.
1: Yeah. That's and that's insane.
0: So <laughs> it was brilliant. So Ladies and
1: gentlemen, crime does not pay. Crime
0: doesn't pay, and I'll tell you what. But the thing, the sad thing is, is that because this would have been a slam dunk case, because they had a full profile on him, mm-hmm. would have been slam dunk. But they can't prosecute. He's dead. Right. So the family at least knows it's this guy. Right. And now we can go on and go. Okay. Well, he was working with his brother-in-law. Right. So there's another connection. And that's the thing. Is that it's another connection to Sinclair. Right. Another connection to Sinclair. So, it's about this time that police side. To con- to really look into Agnes Sinclair, Angus, not Agnes. It's Angus. I keep saying Agnes. Yep. Fuck him. He's an asshole. He fuck kids. Yep. He's Angus. Yep. Or Agnes. Um. So they finally connect him to the World's well End case in 2004, and they start to look around for similar cases because they they're like seems a little bit too uh uh complex for somebody who just started killing. Right. And, uh, so they start looking for women who were murdered in the late 70s and early 80s to determine if there are any more cases connected to them. And they, so they, they create a database. This is, I can, I feel like, I don't know anything, I don't know if this database still exists or if it was just for this, but they call it, they created a database called Scotham that is comprised of every homicide of a female from 1968 to the present. Okay. And except for, there was apparently a, um, like a hijacking, a, uh, airplane hijacking that the plane blew up and they decided they weren't going to include that because clearly that wasn't them. And also that wasn't, didn't count. I mean, a lot, everyone, a lot of people died. It wasn't just a couple of women, you know, like they were just looking for women who were specifically targeted. (coughs) So they created this database and they discovered that three women, three women in the Glasgow area. So Anna Kenny, Hilda McCauley and Agnes Cooney and two in Dundee. Carol Lannan and Elizabeth McCabe, who were murders that bore a striking resemblance gotcha. to Helen and Christine's. The police in these areas joined forces, and this doesn't happen, I mean, it happens more now. It ha- it's not surprising that this happened in 2004, but they joined forces and they, and they, they uh, called the operation Operation Trinity, which encompassed the three different police squads. Okay? Right. Eventually, the Dundee cases were dropped. It seems that they weren't connected. They weren't nearly as close and closely tied as the others. Um, but it's very important to note that in 1970, like around this time that these murders were happening, because these are all murders that are happening between 77 and 82. Right. Okay. The the murders that they picked for this um, Operation Trinity. Yeah, yeah. Operation Trinity. Right. The murders that they picked happened between 1977 and 19. 78 basically 1978 they were not they weren't cases that were in 2001 right and they were like oh that looks similar because he was in jail so it doesn't you know they basically wanted to find the cases where 77 to 82 before he was or 68 to 82 because that's when he was active right okay so they find these cases and at but at the time so like in 1980 1979 1978 journalists were already putting this together they were like why are you not scotland police force realizing that these cases are all very similar and the police basically said we have no we don't have the, the evidence and the proof what i think it was is that i mean i'm reading between lines in these books right they didn't want to open up they didn't want to share information that's the same it's the same thing as in the u.s they don't want to share information sometimes they go right. fuck you i don't i don't care this is, our, this is our case, you know, whatever. But this is why they thought they were connected. I'm going to give you the reasons. So each victim was abducted within an hour of midnight on a Friday or a Saturday. Each victim had been socializing and drinking and drinking to the point where they had let their guard down. Not drunk, not like stumbling, right. but like mm, having a good time, you know, like mm, 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 mm. each victim was taken with no witness. This is one of the things that drives me crazy about this case. Nobody saw anything. Right. So these girls got into this car willingly or they didn't throw a fit. They didn't scream and yell. You know, they were like, oh, here's a guy, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. He probably he's five foot two. He's little. I can take him. You know, I don't know. Similar body disposal. So all dump sites were near quiet roads, out of sighted nearby highways, and actually within sight lines often where they could check and see if somebody was coming. Um, And each victim was tied up using a ligature made from her own clothing. So these are very distinct. And this was important for the case because a lot of times you can go, oh, there's a bunch, a defense attorney can go, oh, there's a bunch of unsolved women murders. Why, why are you bringing these up? Right. Unfortunately, no DNA was ever recovered from the Glasgow murders. As I said before, the Dundee murders had already been eliminated because right. just it w- just wasn't quite, it, quite enough. However, in the case of Anna Kenny, there is a connection to our suspects. A bigger connection than in many. On the night of her disappearance, part of this is I just really want to say this word, to say this bar name to you. Okay. More than I've ever wanted to say anything to you ever <laughs> in my life. Anna Kenney went out with her friend William Sutherland to a bar called... The hurdy-gurdy.
1: <laughs> I want to go to that bar. <laughs> like right now. Let's book tickets. Let's go.
0: Go to the hurdy-gurdy? Yep. What the fuck? This is amazing. I love the hurdy-gurdy. <laughs> um, after splitting off after bar closed, uh, Sutherland could not get a hold of her friend the next day. She, she searched for her and reported her missing and by all accounts was gutted by her friend's death. Um, Anna was found like a year later, year and a half later. Yeesh. She was dead.
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, I mean, obviously.
0: Wilma cannot be blamed. No. She clearly did everything she could. Right. And she can especially not be blamed for meeting and then marrying Gordon Hamilton, one of our suspects in the World's End Murders. Yep,
1: yep, yep. Interesting. Plot thickens.
0: I don't know. There was a lot of speculation on uh, the part of Tom Wood about why, if Gordon Hamilton was involved... If Gordon Hamilton felt bad and wanted to comfort Wilma, it's, I...
1: Or he was supposed to take her out, and he was like, no, I totally like this Yeah, I dig her. But it,
0: they didn't meet for, like, two or three months after her friend died. That
1: she knows of.
0: And the thing of it is, is that... And this is a side note, because I didn't, I didn't put this in my notes, but I was thinking it the whole time I was reading, that Angus likes kids. Mm-hmm. That's fucking clear, right? right? Like eleven girls.
1: Universal truth.
0: He killed a seven-year- old. He raped a six-year- old. yep, or an eight-year old. uh-huh. where or he at least showed his penis to an eight-year- old. He definitely raped a six-year- old later. People were like, Gordon Hamilton wasn't around. there's no there's literally no besides the fact that his DNA is on these women, Gordon Hamilton isn't a criminal. Right. Clearly wasn't in the database.
1: He, Th- that we he know. He lived of. until
0: 96. Right. So he could have if he had been in any trouble, he would have been on um, I I don't know. I think and there's some speculation on Tom Wood's part that they were a dominant n- sub dominant and there's a serial killer cup serial killer type that's like a dominant slash
1: like like a a partner Situation.
0: It's like a it's a partner situation, but there's like a master slave sort right. Of
1: thing. Gotcha.
0: And he he implies that he thinks that that Sinclair is that Angus is the dominant, and it sounds to me more like in the, I and again I'm speculating, but it sounds to me like Angus preferred the kids, uh-huh. and Gordon preferred the young ladies. Yeah. And, I mean. Helen and Christine and we're both the dominant DNA sample is Gordon's
1: right which fits the bill
0: I think that it's possible that Angus was just a long for the ride that Gordon was like let's go kill young women
1: mm-hmm.
0: and Angus was like okay right I'll go with you and occasionally I'll masturbate on the body but mostly Angus was all about the kids mm-hmm so I think that they were both criminal minds, because they would what they would tell their wives is they were going fishing,
1: ah, and they would
0: never go. Yeah. They would never bring back fish.
1: Yep, because they ate them while they were out there, obviously, or exactly. you know they weren't fishing at all. So
0: I think that I think that they would maybe take turns. This weekend we'll go get the the young women. Next weekend I'll stand around and not masturbate on children while you fuck them. Right. You know, like, it just feels very much like a partner situation where they were both on equal footing. That is just my opinion. Right. I don't, clearly I don't know, and Gordon's been dead for 20 years, so I don't, we're never going to find out. But I thought it was interesting that in the time period that we're talking about before Gor- before Angus goes to jail, or even just this one year, he's hanging out. Because apparently the night before Wilma and him got married, him and him and Angus got in a big fight and they never talked again. So maybe Angus went, you're not supposed to marry the fucking girl of the friend who we killed. Right. You know, like, right. it seems very much like there was a bit of a, like, come on, you guys, connect some shit together. Like, I feel like I'm doing some job for you that I sh- that other people should be doing.
1: Yeah, but I mean, like, at the same time, like, that's not, like, there's no, like, hard evidence that supports that. and And as a police person you would have to follow like hard evidence
0: yeah you're right
1: otherwise like oh yeah we have a suspicion that this is what happened well how are you how is that going to hold up in court don't fucking follow that lead because nobody gives a shit and unless you can provide some hard evidence nobody it's not going to provide us anything that we can use in court so (laughs) that's a good point
0: okay so moving on uh obviously they're gonna question Sinclair but he won't say anything. Right. He's, uh, nothing further to say. Nothing further to say. Nothing further to say. He's occasionally gives them a little bit of information that's like not important to anything. Um, but I do want to ask if we have any UK listeners out there.
1: If you're from the UK, email us.
0: Email us at intothebasementhosts at gmail.com. I want to know why, in your right, in your, uh, police rights, they tell you or the the thing is to say anything you say um if you don't say they basically say, I'm paraphrasing but in the US we say anything you say can and will be used against you in the UK you say if you don't just, um say something now that can help you that you'll use in your defense later it may ha- harm you harm your defense why why do you need to tell the police your your defense at the time of arrest in the UK. I'm interested about it that It feels well, yeah. very, very weird that you would have to be, that you would have to, if you, especially, particularly if you're innocent, particularly if you're innocent, um, you don't have a defense if you're innocent. So you telling the police that you didn't do it is good. I guess maybe that's what they want you to say is that you didn't do it, but... Can but he, maybe not. Anyway, we
1: don't know. Can you let like, us like, know? A
0: cop or somebody, somebody, tell me why that's a, that's a rule. Because it's weird to me that you would, you have to tell them what your defense is, or that you should def- tell them what your defense is immediately. It makes no sense. Anyway, to me, it makes no sense. Uh, but he would say no comment, nothing. He would occasionally be like, "Hey, I really like boogers." He didn't say well, that. Who doesn't? You know that kind of thing. So anyway, so this, so it, then it comes to trial. Because they spend years of putting everything together. They've got DNA samples. They have witness testimony, but mostly they have DNA samples. Let's be honest. They have DNA samples. and that's. But in, in Scotland, apparently you have to have um, some sort of backup for your physical evidence. So you have to have a, t- a two-evidence thing. Okay. Uh, which is pretty fucking awesome, actually.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: You cannot not convict someone if you don't have two pieces of evidence against... or two pieces to confirm the same thing. I like that. I think that's great. I think that yeah, there's I, something to be said I, about I that. I agree
1: with that. That 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 seems like a good idea.
0: So when it came to trial, the prosecution decided not to charge him for the Glasgow murders. This is the three girls that they had no DNA evidence with. Gotcha. And I think that that's fine. Right. I mean, I, I don't want those parents to not have the closure. Right. But I also think not trying him for those cases means... You never have to worry. It's not going to affect the World's End murders, which there's DNA right. in. Right, right. D- a bunch of DNA. DNA and crazy coincidency stuff, you know? Like, uh, the World's End case be we the only one to go to trial, and everyone was pumped and ready to go. We have plenty of guys who have been doing this who have been on the case since the beginning, so this is where I don't understand your goddamn fucking system that makes no sense to me. It, it makes sense, but I, I don't... The terms are not the same terms as what we use in the United States. And I got confused because it's weird. It sounds French to me. God damn it, it sounds French. Don't be French, Scotland. So, the Advocate Depute... Deputy? Depute? Advocate Depute? D-E-P-U-T-E. So, this is what I, I assume. The Advocate Depute... Depute? 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 Whatever. it's Depute. Deputy is what I want to say, because that's what we say in the U.S. Advocate Depu- Depute, I think, is an investigator who helps the police. Okay. They're the one who is, like, the assistant to an ADA.
1: They, okay.
0: They do the research. That's what I think. They had a guy who had been with them since the beginning. Okay. Since the beginning of the Trinity, Operation Trinity. But that motherfucker got fucking bumped up because he was real good. Okay.
1: So he he bumped up to Avocat not Depute. <laughs>
0: He is an avocado now. Okay. Okay? Okay. But then there's a lead pros, procutor fiscal, fiscal. Procutor fiscal. Which is an ADA. It's just an ADA. Okay. Okay. Like yeah. I figured that out. That was easy. Yeah, yeah. But and there's also a Lord Advocate, which is a DA. I figured that out. Okay. That was easy. It was the it was the advocate deputy or depute or depute. That was confusing me.
1: To all of you British legal experts out there, we apologize for our mispronunciation of all of your weird-ass terms that aren't... But you know it's
0: French and it's bullshit. To be honest, we're not... I tried.
1: To be fair, we'd probably be m- mispronouncing the heck out of some uh, uh, American legal terms too if this was a, an American case.
0: You're right. If we were, if I because
1: we're not legal experts, we're definitely not British legal experts. So, but is this
0: British or Scottish? I mean, I feel like Scotland has a different whole, whole different system than England does. Mm,
1: I I don't know about their legal system. So exactly, yeah. we don't fucking know. Yeah. But we we know enough to know that we don't know anything. Exactly. So we we're we
0: sorry. We're very sorry. Um. Anyway, my so I've used those terms. Adrian wanted me to talk to you about them earlier, but I I was like, no, it's legal stuff. So I don't want to. Um. So what happened was everyone got promoted. So everybody was really pumped to go to trial, and then the advocate deput depute got got bumped up, and then the lead procurator curator fiscal got bumped up and these were the guys who were like they knew the case really well and they could handle the case and they knew they had gone through and they had said okay they could
1: pr- procurator it real good
0: exactly they could procurator it or prosecute it very well and unfortunately when it got passed on to the next group which were a, probably a group of people who were just as well capable of doing this, but just didn't know the case as well. And the new people, the new uh, procurator, fiscal, and advocate, depute, um, decided not to... It's low-copy DNA. That's what the, one, the thing I was trying to think of earlier. Okay. It's low-copy DNA. It's basically partial DNA um, that was found on the ligatures. They decided to not include it. And because they didn't include that... They didn't include um, some experts that were ligature experts, but actually not experts. And the not experts were willing to talk about what happens when you tie a knot and how if you are normally going to tie a knot that you would, like I would tie a granny knot. That's what a normal knot is. It's called a granny knot, right? Yeah. What kind of knot would you tie? Square knot. A square knot. But there is a... Everybody ties knots the way they always have tied knots. And Angus had tied knots who had been a netter. He had done um, fishing net okay. tying.
1: So he'd, he'd know some fancy knots.
0: So he would know an, a specific knot that you would tie in fishing net. And this is the knot that was tied for one of the knots for around the girl's necks. So the ligature slash knot experts, they're out. Okay? Okay. In addition to this... Sinclair claimed that the girls had consensual sex with him. Okay. And Gordon, Hamilton. Right. And that afterward, Gordon dropped him off so he could go fishing. At like 2 in the morning. They all just dropped him off. He just goes fishing by himself. They drop him off to go fishing. Anyway, so this is accepted. I I don't know. Again, this is a thing where I don't know how the court system works in a different country. So I don't want to say anything. But I think it goes if... The jury or the court, so the judge, Uh believes what you say. They just go, oh, will we accept what you're saying? Gotcha. So they accepted that he had had consensual sex with these girls. Okay. The court did. Gotcha. I don't know if that means the jury or the judge did. But either way, it's fucked up. He clearly, that's a really weird, like, they were out partying all night, and then they all had consensual sex together, and then Gordon killed the girls, but... After he had dropped off his friend, there was no it it doesn't make sense right that it was accepted didn't make sense to anyone, and this doesn't make any sense either so after the prosecution ends its case, so in the united states every every uh the my understanding is that every defense attorney says, oh there's a they didn't prove their case, so let's drop the case right and three court um, ninety nine not point nine percent of the time the judge says, "Fuck you, do your." version of the case and shut the fuck up right well after the pu- proc- prosecution ended its case in this case the defense said they filed the motion for no case which i assume is the same thing as what right. the defense in the u.s would do yeah, so yeah. oh there's no case this was bullshit let's just drop this shit and get on with our day well the judge agreed that there Yikes. was no case so he dismissed the case and in in scotland at this time There was no avenue for appeal for the prosecution. So the prosecution can't... They can't read... Right. Basically, this is the thing. They can't appeal this verdict and they can't retry him because then they risk double jeopardy. Right. But here's where I was like, what the fuck? Because in the United States, double jeopardy is held pretty sacred. Right. In Europe, double jeopardy is thought as an antiquated law. Okay. They think that it's bullshit. Gotcha. Gotcha. They look at it and they go, "That law is an old law. That's a death penalty law. That's a you know, people just want to put people to death, so they'll try them until they can kill them, sort of thing." But nowadays, there's so much appeals, so many appeals that you can. The law is meant to protect you as a if you're a criminal. Okay. Especially if, and they especially think it's bullshit if you were convicted of a crime, and the crime was. 40 years ago and there wasn't the evidence that they could get now. Gotcha. Okay? Okay. So Scotland at this time still had double jeopardy, but England didn't, France doesn't. A bunch of other places have have repealed double jeopardy.
1: Okay. Interesting.
0: And I this is where I thought you would be intrigued by this because yeah. I thought that a double jeopardy was just a thing that was everywhere.
1: Like a sacrosanct law. Yeah, but it's yeah. not. P-
0: they don't they think it's bullshit. Okay. So because of because of this Scott, because of this case, and because of they all, all had already kind of thought it was bullshit, Scotland repeals Double Jeopardy. Because
1: of this case?
0: Basically, because of this case.
1: Interesting. In
0: 2011, they overturned Double Jeopardy based on things like this case. I, I don't know that it was because of this case, but this is the case that everyone went, we have to really fucking do something. This, this is was bullshit. the catalyst. This guy clearly killed these girls. This is bullshit. There was some. Crap! We need to retry this case, but we can't unless right. So they overturn Double Jeopardy, but Double Jeopardy still exists with exceptions. That's that's the thing. Is it Double Jeopardy? You can't be retried for like if you were clearly not guilty of something. So what do they do? They go and search for new evidence because they can't they can't use the same evidence they've been using. Right,
1: they got to find new. They've got to find new evidence. But
0: thankfully, thanks to those fucking brilliant motherfuckers Mm -hmm. who. Can, who preserved that fucking evidence, they recruit a new company called Cellmark, run by Geraldine Davidson and her husband. And they are using a few new things of technology. This is, we're talking 2011, 2012 here. Right. Oh, and so what they do is they are able to scan Helen's clothing and the ligatures using a technology called Crimelit ML, a filtered light source capable of screening for the presence of material exhibiting fluorescence. Particularly body fluid stains, and then identify where they're the heaviest. So, like, you can look at a jacket and see where the heaviest stains are, and then swab them. They use mini filler. Mini, it says mini, it's called mini filer, I think. Uh, DNA was found in the folds and creases of the garments that made it obvious that they'd been left, that, the, that these DNA samples had been left when Sinclair and Hamilton were, trying, were tying ligatures and using them. So it was new evidence that proved even more that they had killed these girls. So in addition to the new DNA evidence, the low DNA, the low copy DNA was was let back in. And so we're, and so because of that, ligature and the not tying experts were let back in. So they could say, hey, when you tie a tie and you go like this, your fucking shit is going to be there. Um, Helen's boyfriend... Who I talked about earlier very much, like 75 hours ago.
1: Yeah, the asshole that didn't have a phone in his house. They had to go to the payphone.
0: That may have been... I don't know if that was the boyfriend, but that's definitely who we're assuming is the boyfriend. Yeah. But I'll tell you what, you know what he said? Helen was a virgin. So what do virgins not do? Have sex. Have sex with two dudes in one night. With their friend along for the ride. Well, I mean,
1: it's unlikely.
0: It's highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. And it was proven that the girls, so this is the, because he had said that they had dropped him off after they'd all had sex with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it w- had been proven that the girls had not put their pants back on, their underwear back on, before being killed. Pants or underwear or pants. I w- in this situation, I hope it they mean their slacks. Their,
1: their, their pants or pants. Their they, pants they or pants. They didn't put their pants or their pants back because on. Because there
0: was no semen or any DNA on the in that part of their pants. Right. Um, so they had not put their pants back on after being before being killed. So it seemed very unlikely that they had rode along to drop Sinclair off fishing at two in the morning with no fucking bottoms on.
1: With no DNA samples in their on in their pants or their pants.
0: Yeah. So However, what wasn't allowed in and hadn't been allowed in in the first trial either, is anything about his past convictions. So the dr- jury is not hearing about his murdering of um Margaret or his possible or his definite raping of children or his definite killing and murdering of of a small girl. So this is my favorite thing about this is the jury took two hours to convict him, which is unprecedented
1: quick as fuck
0: yeah that's basically like they it doesn't matter they just were like fuck this guy we're going he's going to jail forever um his past convictions were allowed in for the um sentencing sentencing. nice um and the unfortunately for some reason i we in the united states tend to uh penalize people for a lot much longer than they do in other countries most of the time they, they penalize people for 10, 15 years and they do everything they can to rehabilitate them. Right. In the case of Angus Sinclair, he was already in jail for, forever.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
0: the guy was going to die in jail. Right. It's not... We're not worried about his uh, him being back on the streets. But also, they're also tied by the severity of the crime or what, what you're being charged with. In this case, they couldn't give him a life sentence for some reason. I don't I don't know the reason for that. The judge, who is, by the way... A fucking gem and a half, in my opinion, for sentencing him to this. Sentenced him to 37 years in prison, one for every year the families had suffered since October 1977.
1: Nice, clever sentencing on the on the judge's part.
0: And that is the case of the world's end murders.
1: Well, hey, you know what? A plus police work on the part of the uh, Edinburgh Police Department and the uh, Lothian area detective people
0: i'm gonna find it um yeah they're great and i am glad they're out there and i'm glad that they continue to take their job seriously because everybody from 1977 to 2014 took that case as seriously as they fucking could yeah i'm sorry tom wood for giving you a little bit of shit for not being a very good grammarist
1: use more commas in your next book dude
0: so if you really 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 want to uh Get us on social media. We're into the basement at Twitter and Into the Basement Podcast on Instagram.
1: Yeah. Hit us up.
0: Uh if you'd like to email us, it's the hosts at gmail.com. Uh and if you really, really like us, like big time. Rate us. Rate us, rate us, rate us. Oh, rate us everywhere if you can. Yeah, but um, definitely rate us on particularly rate us on iTunes.
1: Definitely rate us on whatever platform you listen to us on. But uh, if you feel if you're feeling froggy, go hit us up on iTunes too because we we don't
0: have enough. We don't have enough.
1: We love you guys, and uh, And we hope you love us too. If
0: you like what we're doing, please let us know because we're still pretty new to this, and even though we really like doing it. Um, it sure wouldn't hurt to hear a little bit of, uh, hey, you're doing okay, or hey, you could improve this, or hey, fuck you, you suck. I like to know. So, we'll see you in a month. Bye!